0: spine how books are put together i'm your host cover designer holly dunn and in today's podcast i'm chatting with marcy lawrence book designer for little brown in the u.s she mostly works on middle grade and young adult titles and in this episode we talk about marketing to young people how to design for books with difficult topics and the vices and virtues of pinterest Marcy's website is marcylawrence.design if you want to follow along with the covers we're talking about. And her Instagram is at munchyface underscore. Here's Marcy Lawrence. So what what drew you to designing for young people to begin with? Um, I guess, I mean, to be honest,
1: I didn't really think that I would ever be designing for young people, like, necessarily. I think in the beginning, (laughs) I had started out my goal was really to design for um, digital publications, which were, that was like my dream. I thought that was going to be, I was like, that's the most amazing job ever. (laughs) Like, so I guess, you know, I was thinking maybe like Bon Appetit or some sort of like really cool um, digital magazine, um, which, you know, the audience for that is probably like, I don't know, 20 somethings or older. So I was like, I don't know, personally, I, I didn't really think about, designing for young people per se. So kind of fell into the A, designing for young people, and B, designing books altogether. So that's, you know, there wasn't really a, a straight traje- trajectory for me to be, like, designing for for teens or, or middle grade or, or anything like that at all. So, But I do absolutely love it now that I'm in it. <laughs> I think, you know, at the time, I didn't really... I guess if you don't you don't really think about something, you know, until maybe you're, like, more exposed to it. So I, I hadn't really, I guess, and since I had been a child or, or been a teen, hadn't really been exposed as much to those, you know, younger audience type things. So I, I was really not focused on it or, or even looking at it or for it. But now that I'm here, I guess, like, I think it's awesome because I think, you know, designing for young people, like, it's it's a really wide range. Like you can design something for, I don't know. I guess middle grade is is sort of eight to twelve. So, but you can also design for YA, which is really practically adult and crossover. So it's like a really wide range now, which is great.
0: <laughs> yeah. And did you get back into reading that sort of um, YA and and middle grade literature when when you started working?
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think I. You know, I hadn't really read that many books, I feel like for a long time, except for like cookbooks or something which I'm obsessed with. so um, but now that I'm reading, you know so much more of the manuscripts that I have to do for my job, um, I just realize how how advanced books are for kids these days because I feel like when I was a kid I read, I don't know, a lot of, like, Goosebumps or, like, I don't know, like, Nancy Drew or something, like, silly kind of. I know there were more, like, serious books, but I feel like I wasn't reading those, probably. But some of the books that I've worked on, like, uh, the thing about Jellyfish just, like, made me, like, it just drew me to tears. Like, I was just like, oh, my God, I wish I had a book like this when I was a kid, for sure. And some of the topics that we're dealing with, you know, today in books are especially you know, it just seemed so much more advanced and it's kind of awesome.
0: (laughs) And I think that YA has developed a lot, certainly since I was in in that age bracket for reading. It sort of exploded in the past few years, really.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think like so many books, um, I remember I worked on a book cover for, it's called Dreamland Burning, and it just, it like opened my eyes to like, this like horrible race riot that happened in you know Kansas or I might be misplacing it but like it took place in the 20s and it was like a really good intro into this kind of like interesting history that's been covered up for so long and you go through this journey with the character about like learning about it and you're learning about it (laughs) it's like just I just love like all of the wide range of like books that are available to kids these days and a lot of adults
0: are reading them as well so it's like really awesome so so could we take a step back and could you tell us a bit about your your journey how you got to designing for Little Brown
1: yeah I guess like as I mentioned I I didn't really like start out wanting to work in books at all I didn't go to undergrad for design I went to school for and I was a sociology major And I loved, you know, my experience in undergrad. I learned, you know, I had a great time. I learned so much. But when I got out of school, I actually moved to Martha's Vineyard with my boyfriend and started working in a kitchen for a catering company, and I absolutely loved it. But when you know that ended, I moved back. Well, I moved back to New York. um, I was like, do I want to do cooking? Do I want to do this thing, or do I want to like do design? And I sort of decided at the time, you know, like, design is a thing I want to do is like my profession and cooking is kind of like my hobby or my passion, you know, on the side. So I tried to find jobs, but it was very difficult, I think, without having that design degree. I think, you know, maybe people thought my portfolio was interesting, but they didn't, you know, maybe look past my resume, which had like <laughs> no actual design degrees on it. So I went back to school um, and I went back to Um, SVA to get my MFA in graphic design and it was probably the best decision I ever made (laughs) Um, and that you know introduced me to just so many different people in the industry and my cohort my class was just also really inspirational Um, so that kind of was maybe like one of the best things I ever did and so here we are I think one of my friends actually from my class was the one that introduced me to my art director, who eventually, you know, told me about the position. And that's all she wrote. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, I mean, it just wasn't, like, a very director. It was, like, very circuitous sort of... I've always loved design, but it wasn't something that, you know, was, like, straight shot, like, right out of college. I was, like, intern at, you know, XYZ Publishing House. It was, like, very (laughs) sort of a trail windy road, so yeah I can't I absolutely love my job every day that I go in I'm just like I'm so lucky that I get to do this all
0: the time yeah it sounds like that's the case with a lot of designers they take a a very roundabout way of getting into book design which I think is super interesting I guess so yeah and
1: even when I was like in SVA I was like I think the book we had a class about books and I was like uh Actual books. I was like, digital publications, that's the future. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, you know, I was like, one of those, like, print is dead. And I was like, and I'm like, working publishing, like, it's alive and it's wonderful.
0: <laughs> that's really interesting. <laughs> so, what sort of projects were you working on at um, when you were studying? So, I took, um, the MFA for graphic design
1: at SVA is, is the program is called Designer as entrepreneur. So it's like very, a very cool program. You like basically every class you sort of invent a product and then you design, I guess, all of the elements you would need for that product, like the logo, the website. So it's like very like holistic. Um, it's kind of like two magical years where you just like, just you just design and design like it's also pretty crazy like all-nighters and it's very intense but like same time you're working with just crazy and and talented people in the industry I remember we had a class with like Stefan Sagmeister and a class with Milton Glaser and they're like these incredible design talents and characters and you're just like oh my god I can't believe he's teaching me stuff (laughs) but you're learning so much and I've learned like so much from The people that were like also in my class and um, they were just like super inspirational at the time I was just like I'm just so lucky
0: (laughs) to be here
1: (laughs) it was just a great experience so
0: and and you mentioned the book project that you had to do can you remember what that looked like
1: I do I think it was like I wanted to try something like experimental so it was like a it was like it folded really straight like it unfolded in these weird ways and it was telling a story about I think I chose a very serious topic it was like people's stories from 9-11 so like unfolded like a crumpled up piece of paper and like it was super experimental like you kind of like unfolded this crumpled thing and then all of the like different facets were like different parts of like people's stories so it'd be like different pictures and then kind of like a it wasn't very much text it was like a little bit of like like a side notes about their experience but I also was like I mean there was like you know things that were priorities I was like okay this book I'm gonna just sort of like do this weird thing didn't quite work out as perfectly as I hoped but I thought it was cool but you know (laughs) I remember some people had like crazy pop-up books and like one girl did a book that she like carved out of like like each page was like cut in a circle so it like had this like almost like tree like circle down to the bottom it was
0: crazy it was really cool was that a bit of a rebellion a rebellion against the idea of the printed um, the printed word and the the book as as a form because you said that you thought that was a bit a bit boring at that time you know i
1: think I really appreciate it now, but at the time I don't think I took advantage of it because we were learning about like bookbinding, as well. And like different kinds of um, folds and how to make different kinds of like spines. And it was like, um, I can't remember exactly where, but we went to this like bookbinding place where this woman made books by hand. And like, now I'm like looking up that kind of information to be like, how can I apply this towards books? Like that I'm working on now. Like, can we, you know, can we push what we're doing mass production to bring like a little bit of like a hand touch? I don't know. But I definitely like remember these lessons now, even though at the time I feel like I was like, why do I need to know this? (laughs) I don't have enough time in the day. (laughs) I think it's a lot of it is like the stress of just being in school too. Cause I had, I mean, I think I was one of the older people in our, in our cohort. And I was like, always tired. (laughs) I was like drinking coffee and then I was drinking tea and then I was drinking like diet Coke. And then I was like, what else is there? Is there Red Bull. <laughs> but, um, now I, I wish I had like all of the, the experience that, you know, they were showing us for sure. Cause I actually really appreciate that like hand touch now, um, in terms of like, not just making a book, but like, all like lettering, um, you know, printmaking, um, all these things I feel like are so cool. And we, we, you know, we need to like look and look there more. So much inspiration comes from that hand done thing that we do on the computer, but like, it needs to be like actually hand done to be really have that cool tactile feeling or that, you know, thing you want to kind of bring into your your books that you know they're not getting hand printed but like you want it to feel like it does have that
0: feeling in a way a lot of times. So are you now rebelling against the idea of the the kind of digital and um, like the digital publications that you were so interested in before?
1: Well I guess I, I think that we want to use those techniques in making our books because we want to have that unique quality in our in our in what we make which is why you know hand letters get paid (laughs) so much because like you can't really create that kind of stuff digitally like it has to be done by hand it has to be done by somebody who has that experience too who can like sort of see how the letter forms might you know look in different ways um who has like the time to to do it as well I wish you know that I had more time to work on my hand lettering or actually go to a print shop and like pull a print of something or we have to rely on, you know, people who have that expertise and that experience to, to do it for us and I think it's worth it for sure. To always have someone who who specializes in this art form to bring that to our books, I think is I don't think it's like a trend or a fad to, to do that. I hope that we just keep investing in these like art forms because no one's buying like handmade books. I mean, maybe people are <laughs> but like I think that You know, we want to try and keep these art forms alive in like any way we can with using them in in terms of book publication. I think they
0: make everything we do so much, so much nicer and more beautiful, for sure. Do you work with with illustrators and hand letterers really quite often then?
1: Yeah, I think um, a lot of times, you know, we look for, we'll mock up an idea. But then, you know, say like this artist could really pull off this idea or this hand letter. You know, we really need to do this, you know, specific title or logo or I mean, I before working here, you know, hadn't really worked with hiring people as much. And now I have like so many different artists that we can go to. And it's sometimes it's hard to imagine exactly how it's going to turn out. But I think, like, I'm getting much better at, like, sort of doing that. I always want to pick, like, the weird avant-garde, like, and they're like, let's try this one. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right, all right. And it's usually, like, a spot-on, you know? I'm like, okay, that was definitely... I think, like, sometimes my, like, aesthetic will go towards the more, I don't know, crazy kind of designer or letterer. But I'm learning sort of, like, what is appropriate for, for what, you know, particular project and, like, what what kind of artist would be better for this particular book and this, like, you know, age range or this audience and have to, like, sort of tamp down my... <laughs> sometimes my, like, focus on, like, the more... I don't know. I just... I love seeing people's, like, weird, interesting art and, like, I'm like, this would be great. And they're like, I don't <laughs> think that'll work for middle grade. <laughs> like, we have to, like, find something a little more commercial or, like... I'm like, all right, and then look for somebody else who I think is interesting looking artwork, but like might be more appropriate for small children who don't (laughs) want to see a crazy looking face
0: or something like that. How do you go about finding those people then?
1: I think, um, you know, we just a lot of times um, we have like a lot of different houses that we look at or a lot of different agencies that we we look at. And, uh, you know, I had to learn different agencies when I first started and then like really just go through their artist pages. But we also, I mean, we look on Behance a lot and find people. It's a little more tricky because if you're not repped by an agency, you know, it's a little bit harder sometimes to get in touch with them or you don't know how reliable they're going to be because, you know, you're just reaching out to somebody in the internet. (laughs) So it's like a little bit trickier. I remember I used someone from like, the class before me once because I remember her, she had these really interesting postcards and I was like, would you be willing to do this? And she was like, of course, I'd love to work on
0: this, you know, book cover. Um, So do you still get things like postcards and mailers, physical print stuff sent through by freelancers? Yeah.
1: um, We actually, we get a lot of stuff from, um, of course, like the agencies that we've worked with, but we also get like the random mailer from I know that um a few of the other art directors have gone to portfolio reviews and so we'll get packages from people who are still in school or just getting out of school which is always like a lot of fun I feel like they put a lot of like time and energy into their into their packages I mean also if we go to shows you can just pick up I you know SVA has like an illustration show every year, so we, we just pick up stuff there. I think. Wait, I always go to um, a Comic Con in October, and there's like an artist alley. <laughs> they always have like really great stuff. Um, most of the artists will give you samples and and postcards and and stuff that they've worked on to look at. And so it's, you have to like tell them that you work for a publishing company, and they're like, Oh, okay, <laughs> I'll give you some stuff. <laughs> and they like they always have really cool artwork. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I love surfing the internet. (laughs) I find stuff. I think Behance has a lot of really talented people from all over the
0: like world. Behance just feels very saturated though. I I find it quite overwhelming to to look on there. It's just so much stuff. It's hard. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's hard. I feel like because also the people who have the most reviews get like pushed to the top. But I mean, there's a lot of really good like inspiration on Behance as well. Like even if, you know, you don't necessarily contact that artist. You're like, oh, this is really cool. But, you know, maybe we can translate this into something that, you like, works for us in this way or contact someone we already know to sort of, like, look at this, like, inspiration and say, like, you know, we like the way this title works with something. Or, um, But at the same time, I think Behance sometimes is definitely a little intense. And <laughs> I don't know, it's a bit of, like, a, uh, I don't know, like it's very social and and I don't know, I feel like sometimes like other artists might not get as much representation on behance as even if they're very good, you know, like the most famous artists get the most views and and likes and things like that, so you have to like search really
0: and like dig through a lot. A lot of not very good stuff and a lot of like other stuff that could be good so the thing with the internet isn't it are you using specific search terms when you're looking on Behance or does it tend to be more of a, um, a general browsing looking for new ideas I think um, it's both I mean I, get, I have
1: like a feed that comes through artists that I follow um, just to see what they're up to I just think their style is cool but then if I you know I feel like sometimes if I'm, like, completely run out of ideas, I'm like, what's going on in this crazy world over here? So that's when I'll use maybe more specific search terms to see what people... I don't know. It's it's not, like, a it's a hit or miss because it's, like, I'll type in the word, like, moon <laughs> to see, like what what have people done with, like, the shape of a moon? I don't know. It's, like, just to see what's going on. Um, it's very fresh, though. It's, like, very up to, you know, like, very current, I feel like a lot of the stuff on Beyoncé, it's just, like, it's almost, like, street style for, like, a magazine, like, you know, like, when you see, like, street style, and you're, like, this is what the kids are doing yeah. these days, like, <laughs> you know, I don't even, like, know where, like, begin, like, some of the stuff could be very cool, like, maybe very unrefined, or, you know, not, not all of the things are put together, but it's just, like, the, there's, like, really good, like, kernels of, like, inspiration
0: all the time and I think that's the stuff that gets pushed for at sure. the top <laughs> it's all very algorithmic I guess it's yeah like Instagram
1: yeah it is and I think Instagram you know is also a good place to like um I'm not exceptional at, which is like an understatement. I'm like terrible at social media so I'm like trying to follow people more and post more things I'm so bad at it though it's something I need to like work on personally for sure
0: <laughs> it feels as though there are so many different platforms and yes that you, you kind of need to be on all of them. And I mean, I think if, of my own profiles and I have a Behance profile, but I haven't added anything to it for probably several years. <laughs> and my style has completely changed since then. And then you've got things like Dribble as well, which I haven't even gone near yet. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You know, I
1: think um, social media is like so tricky. Yeah. I, I love um, Instagram, but I like use it to follow um, I'm really into like vintage so I like mostly use it to follow like vintage people and then yeah. I'm like oh I should use this to like you know follow other artists and follow other people I love um Pinterest too that's one of my favorites um for sure it's just like you just go down like a internet k-hole on Pinterest and be like yep. oh, I
0: love it yep. <laughs> <laughs> um definitely <laughs>
1: And you're just like, I was like, yeah, like half an hour later, you're like, what have I been doing for the past half hour?
0: <laughs> oh, I've just perfectly curated this whole board of of vintage book design. or So
1: much. Yeah, so much
0: stuff. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And you get this amazing feed of mix of all sorts of weird and wonderful things.
1: Their algorithm is crazy because yeah. like they, once you start liking something, then they instantly just start sending you like all the stuff that's like, like that. It's just kind of insane how they... How they've done, you know, how they have worked that out. I don't know how.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> I don't know anything about it. But...
0: And then you'll get something pop up from something that you've you pinned a few months ago or something, and you go, Yeah, oh, for sure. yeah. I forgot about this thing that I was really into, you no, know, uh, a few months ago, mm-hmm. and it's so good at just tapping into that. It's it's super addictive. <laughs> Definitely, I
1: feel like for designers, like you just like love all of mm. the. The boards. I mean, I I looked at it the other day, and I was like, I have like something like, about th- like twenty thousand pins or something. And I was like, No, I don't. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like that's insane. How could I have that many like pins or something? <laughs> so,
0: I can't possibly have spent this much time on Pinterest. I know. I was
1: like, What? what?
0: Yeah. It's pretty scary.
1: Yeah, and I guess, like, I don't think of Pinterest as being, like, a social platform, but it is. Like, you have, like, people can follow you, and they can also, um, you know, like, like your pins, and stuff. I don't really think of it that way, but it technically is, like, a social platform, but (laughs) it's, like, not as social. Like, for me, it's, like, very private and personal. Like, I don't, you know, I mean, the boards are public, but, like, I'm, like, I don't really think anyone's, like, looking at my boards or like looking at my pins or like
0: then do you get all these notifications that say oh so-and-so has pinned this and you go oh
1: yeah and I'm like oh they're like you got three saved pins I'm like (laughs) (laughs) like, without even trying gratification you get from like yeah yeah Yeah, I'm like awesome
0: (laughs) and then you go oh wait that wasn't even my work hang on
1: (laughs) yeah no it's like other people's like
0: definitely like... i'm just curating this
1: yeah oh yeah my halloween board is pretty awesome <laughs> <laughs>
0: um so i suppose it's it's not just book design it's a a mashup of all sorts of different things and yeah and for that sure. because you you're curating it for yourself but then that can sort of bring in some weird kind of serendipity where you where things come up that are sort of up your alley but you end up using them for a completely different project than what you would have expected. That's what I love about it.
1: I think like I have started doing like book cover inspiration boards, but then now I've also just like branched off into just like ideas, like just things that are Mm. not even related to book covers, but it's like now they are just potential. I don't even know what, you know, they could be used for. I just think for some reason, this thing is interesting or appealing to me. And so that gets saved. And there's also like letters and illustrators, um, you know. But I feel like also Pinterest is like kind of a weird hoarder, like situation where you just like yeah. pin, pin this stuff and then you like don't really ever look at it again. But like it's like really satisfying to like save it somewhere in the Internet. <laughs> mm. um, so, I mean, I need to like maybe re-look at my stuff more often and, and like actually
0: look at it again (laughs) i find that's quite nice actually to go back and look through one of your boards because if i'm just going through the feed then i feel like everything i see that i like i need to save Mm -hmm. because then it'll just disappear and i'll never see it again so i need to put it somewhere immediately but if you're going back through your own boards you know that you've already saved it and it takes that pressure off. yeah i guess like i need to actually like when
1: I start out with a book process like then go through my boards you know and then see what I you know thought was cool before like why did Mm -hmm. I save this thing you know um is it applicable to what I'm working on right now because it is like a a resource for like your ideas that you had at one point (laughs) like thought were cool but it's also like your own design work on behance like do you know like you notice when like your style has changed and like the The way or like the kind of like the the look of things has changed like like according to time like how i don't know some of my boards i can definitely tell like oh yeah i loved this idea a long time ago
0: and now i don't (laughs) at all and you see the things that keep cropping up and and you can identify trends in your own taste that's true
1: I think, yeah, I guess it's also like the trends that are going on at the time. So it's like, oh, I can like identify these are trends that were going on when I first started like designing stuff as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Actually, that brings us to to the next question quite nicely, um, which is about trends and how important it is for you to stay on top of them and how how different you feel your covers need to be because especially in YA, that there is a very specific look, often using a lot of hand lettering. Um, often there'll be a figure on the front, mm-hmm. things like that. So how important is it is it for you to work within that? And how do you stand out within that certain aesthetic? Well, I guess
1: every year, at least um, at Little Brown, you have to do like a trend analysis. So we like, we'll go to a bookstore and sort of look at what's what are the major trends you know with uh, with YA or with middle grade or with um, fiction or with um, you know nonfiction? Um, and um, so we always do that for sure but at the same time uh, of course you want to stay like ahead of a trend so you want to like sort of try and figure out like where things are heading so you sort of analyze all of those book covers and say like blue seems really popular but I've noticed like (laughs) which is like literally a conversation we had um you know like yellow seems to be cropping up as like (laughs) you know faces used to be like big faces on a cover used to be really popular and that sort of went downhill and then now it seems to be coming back um so I guess it's like just like probably like fashion like things turn around and like you rehash old trends hand lettering, you know, for a while, I mean, hand lettering is still pretty strong, but I feel like there are books now that are trying to like break away from that. Um, my personal preference, you know, is more hand lettering. I love it. But, um, if the trend is towards this thing, I think like the team will want to look into, you know, what's selling. I mean, book covers the, the point is to, like, sell these books, so you have to look at trends, you have to take them seriously, you have to, like, this is not, like, your personal, like, project at school, you know, (laughs) this is, like, a team of, like, people in sales and marketing who are, like, this is what's, like, happening right now, like, we have to incorporate at least, you know, we might want to break away from that trend if we have an idea that we feel strongly about, but I think that, It's important to, like, take the trend into consideration and, like, how can I make this my own as opposed to, like, you know, I'm not trying to make it look like a certain thing. I'm trying to put my spin on it or, you know, my own personal influence, you know, into this trend. Um, How can I make this thing fresh to me or, like, interesting to me within this area of, of, you know, books that are talking about this topic or about, you know, this type of thing. And I think that's, you know, what we try to do. But then sometimes we're like, let's completely butt the trend altogether. And I think, you know, how do you do that? Like position your book so that it's like completely opposite, which I also think is like a really interesting, like marketing tool, you know, to like set your book. Um, Sometimes you want your book to look like it's in the trend, but sometimes you want to like, like, no, this book is completely different. You've never seen anything like this before. (laughs) You know, that's also... I think like just an interesting like trajectory for for us to go into. But I mean personally I we, you know I like to look at all kinds of design like influence so it's like you know this is something that maybe not be trending in book design but is trending in like a larger design, you know, field or you know, is trending outside of book design which can sometimes I feel like be really into itself. But like, you know, personally, I try to look at other stuff that's trending as well, try to incorporate that into the design. So
0: do you think that publishing tends to be ahead or behind or kind of on a par with things like packaging design in terms of trends and, and leading the way?
1: I think sometimes book design, I think it's like very insular and, and is, is focused on itself. Um but I do, I feel like once you see, cause it's all about like what's successful. So it's like, oh, this book was successful. So let's make the next book look like it. And I think that that works in terms of selling books, you know, not necessarily, I don't think we necessarily want to be like that cutting edge all the time. And you notice, you know, trends in book design. So it's, it's like, very apparent that, you know, this blue book sold well, so let's make all the books blue <laughs> for a while. <laughs> At least, I mean, I noticed it, I noticed that I feel like in middle grade and why I don't know about, you know, as much about adult. So I feel like, for sure, like, we try to, like, you want it to be the same, but different. Like, you, and I think that's, you know, you want something that is for sure cool, and is like speaking to your book. But there are, like, trends and you you can't deny them and you can't, like, say that, like, you know, skinny jeans are in, like, but our skinny jeans have, like, high waist. or I don't know. (laughs) For sure. And I, you know, I think that's one of the challenges, but also, like, one of the great things is, like, how can I make this thing a little bit, like, my personal goal is, like, how can I make this better or improve upon this, like, other like thing that's been done but like how can I make it you know put my personal stamp on it and make it better different um moving like push this forward um it's not like you're trying to like stay stagnant or something you know you want to like improve upon this thing but still reference the other thing I think because you want to say like our book is like similar but not exactly similar to this other book some for some titles or you know the same genre maybe or same sort of similar area of topic and stuff like that Mm,
0: definitely and so publishing tends to work well in advance and sometimes the book it won't even be finished and you're you're doing the cover for it how does that play into it do you do you sort of think you're you're ahead of the trend and then by the time the book comes out you you feel behind the times one of the very cool things um
1: we if you go on press to like the the printer to see how your book is going to be printed or see how the colors are working is to see all of the um other book covers that are coming out because it's like you get like a preview of like what's happening and you're like oh that's so cool yeah. <laughs> you know I mean also like to see all the cool specs that are being applied to stuff. But um, I think it is hard to be like a whole, you know, we work on covers a year before they come out. So it is hard to be like, this is, you know, on trend, but who mm. knows what's going to be in a year for sure. It's a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We're so, I mean, I can't imagine though, like pushing up the deadlines anymore. Like we have to be a year out <laughs> Yeah. for, I mean, for us, yeah, for sure.
0: I was wondering if ever if a book is is particularly um, topical at at a time if it gets pushed forward.
1: I think so. Um, I know like right now there's a lot of books about like protest and like your you know personal um identity politics and it's like so you know with me too and everything right now that like this sort of time period has seen like a rise in books like that but at the same time like those where we're also looking at this like the manuscripts are coming to us because of like the time period and you know it's not it's not that it's like slowing down it's it's they're just seeing more and more manuscripts coming because of the trend that's happening in larger you know conversations around around identity and 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 politics and I think also because people are more open to different stories now like you're just seeing much more about that because not because of like books but because of just like the larger conversations in the world (laughs) it's just like we're actually behind the trend because You know, people are like, oh, I should write a book about this thing that is now being discussed so much. Yeah, and that takes them a year to write and then another year to publish. Right. Which which actually extends the the topic or extends the conversation out because now people are then reading about it's like this self-fulfilling or, you know, thing that just keeps like circling, which is I mean, I noticed the last time I went to do my trend report, (laughs) I think it was in April. And I was like, oh, there's so many more books about, you know, like I have these rights, or I am this person, I am, um, which I feel like, you know, the topic's been opened up so much more, especially in like YA, but also in middle grade. Like I've seen so many more things about like autism and like awareness of of like other people and their differences, and I think that like even younger kids are getting exposed to the conversation through books and. Not just like little kids through children's books, but like that middle grade, that like really important time in life when you have to be like open to other people and like learning about other people and other other cultures and other other other, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just in general. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's a great time in just the world of books and also the world, though. So
0: <laughs> yeah, and hopefully that just continues and and i think it probably will continue to creep down into into middle grade and you even see some picture books dealing with these issues obviously on a on a different level but um i i think that's a really important thing
1: yeah for sure and i you know i think i was just looking at some potential children's book manuscripts about um i think understanding death and like understanding you know why our family is different and just like so many different things. And I think that, you know, I haven't had a chance to start a children's book yet, but I would absolutely love to. And, you know, work with an artist on like developing a picture book. Picture books are so important. (laughs) They're just like so great for kids. Like every time I read like a picture book, like a really poignant topic and I'm like, oh, I just want to like cry a little I'm like this is so beautiful (laughs) yeah you know I think they're just so important for kids um to get exposed to like so many different things like when they're younger so Mm,
0: definitely so I'm thinking we should probably move on to some specific examples sure (laughs) so the, the one that most caught my eye on your portfolio site is Tyler Johnson was here just because it stands out so much it's it's unlike anything else i've seen out there and it, it combines different elements of trends that you see in ya and in adult literature i mean we're seeing a lot more floral designs i think in in book covers but it's just it's just the, the most phenomenal cover and uh yeah i was wondering if you could talk us through the process of of that
1: for sure i I think so me and the editor (laughs) I remember we first started comping up um ideas for this book we like I I went towards like a really like historical um like I think I was referencing like Romare Bearden and like historical like black art and the team we went into the jacket meeting like we've got this like so, so slam dunked, like, we were, we were like, so feeling ourselves we were like, yes, they're gonna love it. Oh my god, we killed it. And then they were like, No, we don't like anything about this. So like all of the first, like round of comps got rejected by the team. And so we were like, uh, what do we do? But I mean, you can't be like too attached, you know, to, to your design because it's it's designed by like committee. It's like not you know your personal project at school. So you have to be like. So we we're like, all right, now what do we do? And I think um, one of the first influences we thought of was like Henry Wiley and that like sort of monumental um, like Obama like portrait, and we we were looking at his work with contemporary like black figures. And we're like, that's it. Instead of like, you know, sort of making this like a dark sort of sad cover. Why don't we like put this character that gets shot by the police, you know, in this like sort of monumental, you know, uplifting light, you know, and we were like, let's let's, like use that floral pattern. And um, I had been looking at Charlotte Day, who's like this really talented artist who specializes in floral. And I had been wanting to use her for so long. And I was like, I know exactly who to call. (laughs) She's so talented. And I was like, she can just make this like beautiful. And I remember also seeing like a New York Times, um, I can't remember, it was a cover for the magazine for the New York Times. And they had just this like really beautiful cover. It was so simple. It was like an all white background and a profile of this guy wearing basically an all white sweatshirt. So all you saw was like the profile of his face, like silhouetted kind of against this like all white background you sort of lost the shape of everything else and so we just sort of meshed these ideas and just yeah it just came out so beautiful I just absolutely love it it's really unexpected I think but also like really poignant really timely too because of the work that's you know coming out right now and Mm. just really proud of proud of that one for sure and <laughs> there was like a time I remember being like oh my god they're gonna have us repackage it they're gonna hate it like I was just really scared the whole time I was like they hate it then nobody likes it they think it's crazy <laughs> like it's just you know it's one of those things I was like it's too different it's too crazy. they're not like it um, but I think the feedback from the public and and you know, I actually see kids reading it on the train and stuff and I'm like, oh yay <laughs> it Just makes me really happy. Like yeah. it's like, this is so crazy, it's great. Oh. But there was a time where I was like, oh, they're gonna have us repackage it I was like, no, they're gonna make us change it
0: for sure. <laughs> when you were designing this, was this before the hate you give had come out?
1: No, no. The hate you give had already come out had already come out and I think the impetus was to make it look exactly like that um the editor was like it's really it's not the same story you know i don't want it to look like this and she had you know really good ideas about what it should look like and we just presented things that were i think a little bit more different because if it's sitting next to the hate you give we don't want it to look exactly like that because this story is going to be different and we don't want someone to like pick it up thinking that they're reading a story that's like similar to the hate you get. But, you know, I think like if that's one of those times where like a trend and like a successful book really pushes people to want this particular thing. But at the end of the day, we're really happy with what the direction we decided to go in and, and to go in a completely different direction, because I think it, you know, really is unique in terms of, you know, I've just never seen a book that has like a black man on the front with like flowers on her, you know, it's just like, we're just like to put like this, you know, figure on the cover of a book. I think it's really daring and bold. And I'm just like, really happy that everyone, you know, was on board with it and loved it. And was just really passionate about going with this direction, because everyone was just like, let's do it. And yeah, I'm just really excited that it's doing
0: well. And everyone loves it still and the fact that he's wearing this hoodie but it's almost it's almost blended into the background yeah and it's obscured by all these beautiful flowers
1: yeah I I mean I remember we went to the photo shoot and we were like talking about his braids (laughs) we were like let's make like you know these big cornrows and he was wearing this like earring and we're like let's just keep it in it was like everything just came together and then Charlotte you know drew these flower like pattern concepts and they were just really like gorgeous I think like it was one of those book covers which just everything starts to fall into place and you're just like there's no like difficulty I there's some covers that you like struggle with you know you're just like oh I gotta make I can't make this work the art's not working something's not working but everything just fell into place and it like there were very few like changes from the original comp we we drew up yeah it was one of those just like really great covers that came together really <laughs> somehow flawlessly like we were like yes. yeah. So, I think our biggest decision was like what color to make the flowers or we like we went through like different color palettes and then we were just like no the original one she she thought up like the purple we were like this is actually really nice like let's just
0: keep it I was going to ask about that actually the the rationale behind the different flowers that were used. Did you have a conversation about that? I think the original comp had more like roses and they were very pink. Mm. But um,
1: the idea behind the flowers was kind of like a funeral arrangement. Mm. So it was maybe we should have more of the like white lilies and then maybe like a a darker purple um, flower to accent that. Like maybe something you might see at an actual like funeral you know, setup thing. So we were like, these colors are like a little somber as opposed to like original comp. I think I downloaded something from Shutterstock. They were like bright pink. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, let's try something um a little bit more appropriate. So we were like looking at, I think I tried some other colors and I was like, oh, I like, I like this, you know, the colors we originally decided on using. So let's just keep it. Um, I think we changed the background a little bit though, to be that more like bluey teal colored so that he sort of pops out a little bit more than had a completely stark white background. I think that was one of the changes.
0: Yeah. We eventually decided on. Yeah. Well, I mean, the overall effect is just stunning and again, just so unusual and, and original. I absolutely love it. I mean it took, you know, a lot of like <laughs> It wasn't like
1: at first the easiest road, but then like mm. once we had that had that direction, we were like, Yes, this is great. Let's do it.
0: That's the best feeling, isn't it? <sighs> when it all comes together.
1: I think like afterwards when I was like, Oh my god, someone's gonna like not like I don't know. Some like book publisher is gonna be like, We can't do it. Yeah. So that was my fear. But it didn't happen, so that was good.
0: <laughs> all right, so I think we'll move on to I want to ask about dreamland burning because this book has a really interesting oh, yeah. um, concept behind it. And yeah. What, what was your thought process when putting this together? So
1: um, we worked with a, one of our, I guess it's one of our freelancers to work on this. Um, and we went through a lot of different ideas um, behind this book. We had like, well, oh, it was like, because they discover this like body in the backyard. I think we had a lot of like graves and like sort of like dirt. <laughs> and like words coming out of dirt. <laughs> um, and then I think that the author really wanted to show the characters in the cover. Because it's a, like a dual narrative and a historical dual narrative. So then we sort of pushed in that direction and Once we sent the concept off, you know, they sort of ran with it and just came back with this like really beautiful. I love the, you know, the type that they set on the cover is like that historical kind of like 1920s, like a noir look. And then I'm not sure if you're talking about the hardcover or the paperback, but
0: I think hardcover, isn't it? Uh, I'm looking at the one that's on your website. Okay, yeah, so that's the hardcover and it's... Which has got that typography. Yes,
1: so that one, you know, we... I mean, when the comp came in, I think I showed it to the group and everyone was just, like, silent. (laughs) Like, it was kind of like one of those moments where I was like, oh, my God, should I be, like, nervous now? And then... And then somebody was like, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, everyone was like, yeah, I like it. I like it. I love it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thank God. Because I was like nervous for a minute. I was like sitting there in silence for like a good like five seconds. Because I think people were just like really, like they just liked it so much. They didn't know what to say. Yeah. Like they were just like, wow. That's...
0: The good kind of silence. I think
1: I think that's what was going <laughs> on. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure they were just in awe and, and just amazed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think like, but um definitely one of the most uh, stunning covers like i love it for sure yeah and- for sure it makes me really want to delve into this book i don't know it looks like a movie like i could just like start watching it yeah <laughs> instead of reading it <laughs> to me for
0: sure okay so we're, we're running out of time but i have to ask about the thing about jellyfish because i remember i was working in a bookshop when this came out and i remember seeing it and just thinking wow that is so cool and it just stands out against all the other middle grade stuff out there and the lettering and the colors it's just wonderful so could you take us through the process of this one
1: yeah for sure i think so this is like actually when i first started working a little brown this is like one of the first titles I'll be honest, it just, like, came together. One of those crazy things, I had this, like, presentation from my art director that she has saved through the years, because she was like, this is the craziest, (laughs) like, presentation that I've ever seen. It was, like, a bunch of just nutty stuff, and, like, one idea was, like, the girl kind of holding this, like, um, jellyfish, like, balloon in the sky, and I think I found the image, probably on Pinterest, and it was, like, this, like, weird um, image And I was like, what if it's this? (laughs) And she was like, maybe this one has some potential with, like, one or two other ideas. And um, we got to work with these really talented um, illustrators, um, Eric and and Terry Fan, to sort of realize the image and, like, create, um, you know, that, like, really cool, like, watercolor-y texture. And just, like, when I talk about that, like, tactile feeling, like, that you know, feeling of the cover with, you know, that like watercolor and that like the pen and ink and it they really, I mean, they just created like a beautiful rendering of this like idea that I sent them. And then the lettering I actually did because <laughs> I was like, I can do like hand lettering if it doesn't like actually look perfect. <laughs> like If it's kind of like wonky <laughs> and like a little bit out there. I was like, okay, let's see. And I just put it on the comp and I was like, this will have to be rendered by an actual hand letter. And they were like, but let's just use that. And I was like, no, 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 (laughs) you guys have it all wrong. Like we need someone to actually like do this. (laughs) So it was like kind of, yeah, one of the first book covers I worked on. I remember being like, I have like all these other ideas I wanted to show. And they were like, no, this is good. And I was like, but this, and they're like, Nope, this (laughs) is, this is perfect. Don't touch, don't touch it. (laughs) So that one was, um, I don't know. I feel like I sort of like tripped along to the finish line because it was like what literally, I feel like it was like the first project my art director gave me when I started working at little Brown, she was like, okay, so we have this new book by this person. And, um, you know, it's about this and, I read the manuscript, and I was, like, crying. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, it's so beautiful. That was, like, a really, really awesome story. Um, it's really sad, you know, of course. And, yeah, just for some reason, this, like, weird idea. <laughs> I think I had a, a comp that was, like, a girl wearing, like, a jellyfish skirt. <laughs> <It> was, like, <laughs> they were just, there were a bunch of, like, really crazy ideas in that, in that first uh, presentation. <laughs> but. That one, yeah, came out so gorgeous and I absolutely still
0: love it. Yeah, the the surrealism, I think, is just, it it really captures that idea without being too literal about it.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, the, like, concepts in the book are really difficult. And it was like, how do you sort of portray, like, this girl who's, you know, going through this, like, really... Crazy tumultuous, like, experience with you know, experiencing death and like experiencing you know, um, all these like inches in her life. How do you like p- put that on a book cover? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, it's like sometimes it's like very hard to translate like ideas, I feel like, into especially when they're heavy topics like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and and you don't, I remember, um. I was telling a friend about the book, and I was like, oh, you should have, you know, your little cousin uh, read it. And she was like, oh, I don't know if, you know, that's something that she could really, like, deal with. And I was like, well, you know, like, see if she, you know, just see if she likes it and, like, see what she thinks, you know, don't necessarily. So it's, like, kind of hard, like, line, because you have um, – they? they're called, like, gatekeepers that will – like, you don't necessarily want to scare them away from a topic. Yeah. Um, If books are for younger children, which this book is for, like, you know, middle, it's a middle grade book, so it's, like, how do we present this topic in a way that gatekeepers will let their, you know, children seem accessible for, for a child and a, and a parent at the same
0: time? Yeah, and so I guess you you're designing for for both audiences it, it has to appeal to the child but at the same time yeah that that must be really quite hard i hadn't really thought of it like that so much before it's true though cuz like really
1: i mean i guess in most cases the parents are buying the buying the books for the kids i mean today i don't know <laughs> i feel like some kids are probably some kids are probably buying those books too
0: <laughs> yeah I, I definitely remember at that age having you know if if i had any pocket money then it would be Going towards books, but um, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> but also at libraries as well. And it's right. got to appeal to librarians and teachers, and right, yeah, you've got yeah. this whole extra group of, as you said, gatekeepers,
1: right? And you don't really think about like you're it's a middle grade book, so I'm designing it for the kids, but at the same time, yeah, something that you're supposed to be also thinking about in the back of your mind, too. Like, will a parent. Be okay with this book cover, so yeah. <laughs> I think that's more, you know, that's more true for like middle grade, but um, instead of YA, but mm,
0: and and in picture books as well. I mean, right, uh, right. F- for a picture book, the whole thing has to be accessible for a parent and a child, and hopefully they'll want to read it over and over, ag- yeah. over again.
1: Exactly, and yeah. I think actually for picture book, I feel like it's more the parent because children at that age are so young that they you know I feel like they like almost like everything I mean you know I've fallen in love with so many books as a child and like I feel like it wouldn't have mattered what it really looked like It's <laughs> like you kind of just connect with the story and the images but like I don't know if I was like very picky or choosy about about all of that when I was younger
0: I don't know I've, I've babysat some toddlers and I could be very picky about <laughs> the books that I read them <laughs> no I want the Gruffalo and only the Gruffalo <laughs> uh, okay. but I, I yeah, suppose that really... yeah, depends on the kids
1: <laughs> I feel like I like need to be around children more because I'm not and I'm like am I losing touch
0: with the children
1: <laughs> I want like a one of those like panels of like small children <laughs> yeah
0: children can be very brutally honest though <laughs> yes i it's love that scary <laughs> i remember writing a, a children's book back when i was probably about 12 and our class got it um it was it was judged or marked by younger children who we had to read it to and the child who who marked mine really had a grudge against the dog that I'd written it about or something I don't know what it was she really wasn't impressed and I got a really low mark and I remember just being devastated because I was so much work in
1: (laughs) so you've been in like books and book design for like a really long time
0: (laughs) I suppose if you think about it like that yeah (laughs) I I look back at that book um recently and I I look at it and go oh I I remember this being so good but it's really not it's terrible (laughs) (laughs) but I think that's what it's like when you're a child you might be being a little harsh on yourself <laughs> maybe maybe if I wrote any
1: book when I was like at that age it would
0: be absolutely horrible too <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I think it was just because I was so proud of it at that point <laughs> true
1: true I remember I wrote a book when I was in first grade and it was about mm. like a mouse that went through like a dungeon That's really all I remember. And I think then the first grade teacher was like, Marcy might have some problems. (laughs) They were like concerned about me. But it was about this mouse who like escaped this like dungeon. It was almost like Mario esque. Like things were like axes were like falling. (laughs) You had to like jump over them at like a specific time. (laughs) I don't suppose you still have it, do you? I have no idea where that would be.
0: If you find it you should definitely put it on your portfolio.
1: I should. I would yeah. be great.
0: Have a special little blog I post about for it. it. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> my foray into uh, book design. Yeah, <laughs> it was always there. So funny. Oh my god. All right. Well, this has been absolutely amazing, and I've loved chatting with you. But yeah. we better wrap things up. Um, okay. So, what, <laughs> if if people want to find your work online, where can they go?
1: Oh yeah. So my portfolio is at marcy No wait. Slash.
0: <laughs> I've got um, it as marcylawrence.design.
1: Yeah, really... <laughs> oh wait, is it I think it is design. I know... I know I bought like the design um, dot website. I
0: was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I'm so cool. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> and and what about social media?
1: Um, okay, so my Instagram, which I will promise to be much better at, is um, munchyface uh, underscore. So it's munch. Wait, no, m u n c h y face underscore, and that's munchyface was my old dog. Oh, <laughs> he was a cute little boxer <laughs> with like a two snaggletooths. <laughs>
0: um, okay, munchyface underscore. underscore. Did you say? Yes, uh, yep, okay. that's me. See if I can oh, find you. Me. And um, that's really all the social Yes, it now. is. Okay, good. Awesome. Designer of books and lover of vintage. Yes. I can relate to that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Wonderful. trying to um, try and sell some of this vintage stuff that I've been collecting because I have
1: so much of it now. Mm. So stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, be... what, what, what sort
0: of period of vintage
1: i mean pretty much everything i love all of the 1920 stuff i can't really fit it but i love to have it and own it and (laughs) i actually really love um, it's so sparkly it's so it's just all fabulous all of the beads and sequins it's like the younger me is like (laughs) for sure um yeah but you know everything pretty much uh pretty much yeah
0: (laughs) excellent well we will see you on the internet
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Holly. It was great talking to you.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. Please be sure to rate and review us too. This show is hosted by Holly Dunn and edited by Eric Wilder. Our theme song is Sweet Berry Wine by Blue Wednesday. And Spine is a production of Spine Magazine. For show notes, articles, audio and video about the enormous talent that goes into creating books, visit spinemagazine.co.